0: 200 level, my carpenter here on a rainy, cloudy Saturday, and decided to do a quick hitter, let's call it, maybe 20 minutes or so, reflecting on last night's win against Chattanooga. And then tomorrow morning, that's right, it's a brunch edition of the 200 level for Illinois versus Houston. I can say with no hyperbole that of all the NCAA tournament games I've seen as an Illinois fan, That was the most surreal, and that includes the Arizona game because that was more triumphant than surreal. I know the comeback was, in the moment, something that was hard to process, but that was a team that was so good, maybe we shouldn't be shocked by what they ultimately did. Still the greatest win I've seen as an Alani fan, no doubt. But when I just mentioned surreal, or if I say confusing, how's that for another word? I don't know what to make of last night's game against Chattanooga. I don't think Chattanooga played all that great. And fortunately, that let you stay in the game, despite you playing, I think, by far your worst game of the year at the worst possible time. But you did enough. I want to start with the positives. Coleman Hawkins has been absolutely tremendous. And yes, he had a couple turnovers yesterday. He had one time where I don't know if he was going have for a dunk or what, but he just lost the ball kind of like he did against Indiana. He does have maybe three or four plays a game where you think, ah, Coleman, what are you doing? But He played with an energy for all 40 minutes, which is more than I can say for most of the guys that were on the court yesterday. And I think without Coleman Hawkins, you don't win that game. And we're starting to say that more often down the stretch. Coleman played 32 minutes, 10 points, 5 of 8 from the field. He had 8 boards, 2 of them offensive, 2 assists. He was not credited for any turnovers, so maybe that's my mind playing tricks on me. One block, the most crucial play of the game. I am three personal fouls, so a pretty good stat line for him, but it was the eye test and what he brought in terms of his energy that the team was sorely lacking yesterday, so you do not win without Coleman Hawkins. Alfonso Plummer, hopefully off the schneid, he had a really good second half, 15 points, 5 of 12 shooting, 3 for A3 pointers, all of them in the second half, and then most importantly, 2 for 2 from the line. He had two boards and three turnovers, which you can't really have your shooting guard turning the ball over. So there was some good and bad, but at the end of the day, he was one of the few offensive options that you had, and he propelled you to a win with his shooting. Kofi Coburn, don't forget about him. Now, there were some frustrations yesterday going 6-12 for 12 from the field against a smaller Chattanooga team, but he gutted it out for 17 points, 13 boards. He had four turnovers, passed the ball a little bit quicker against Houston, Kofi. Three blocks, he did have a steal as well. And, of course, a huge shot to put you up one with about 35 seconds to go before Chattanooga took the lead again. Those were the three guys that brought you something yesterday. The rest of the team, it's really difficult to pinpoint that much good that Trent or DeMonte did. Uh, Curbelo, of course, is the guy that's in the middle. The plus-minus loved Curbelo yesterday. And, overall, I like him on the court more and more. But even with that, six turnovers, four assists. And you could argue there should have been more assists if people just made their shots. But as much as Curbelo is a magician with the ball, not everything needs to be a magic trick. And as I said on the podcast yesterday, a nice chest pass will do. Sometimes just a nice chest pass or a two-handed bounce pass. Imagine, right? He is a fantastic player. I know he's been getting some crap on social media. I don't know how much of this, honestly, has become overblown and an easy narrative for some sports media people to go with. I think the reason, I don't want to make that sound conspiratorial. I think the reason the guys like Jeremy and Joey and Derek have talked about it is because they get a lot of feedback in their own feeds about, man, Curbelo was driving me nuts. And I get that, but I don't know if necessarily what people say on a social media platform is news. But I think it is in this regard. Curbelo continues to respond to it, and he did again today in his pr- press conference saying basically, I'm going to be who I am. I love that. But that doesn't mean that you can't play with a little more discipline as well. So he can still be him and add a little bit more discipline to his game, and then you get the best of both worlds. I don't think that's too much to ask. And if you get that from him against Houston, you got a shot. So that leads us to Houston. And what's going to happen against them? I have no idea. It's March, as the old adage goes. And what happened yesterday, Illinois should have lost that game nine times out of ten. And they didn't. So, maybe there is a little bit of luck on your side here. Maybe there's something to be said for, well, the ball bounced your way just enough and allowed you to stay in a game that maybe you had no business staying in. If they get similar luck tomorrow, because I really think it was luck that helped propel you yesterday, then I do think you have a close game against Houston and a chance to win it. Houston is very good. Now, full disclosure, I did not watch any of their game yesterday. We uh, were watching, my wife and I were watching the Michigan State Davidson game, which was fantastic. As she's a Michigan State alum, and it was by far the more interesting game. And I was keeping tabs on that UAB-Houston score, and then UAB got within, I think, eight, maybe seven at one point in the second half, and then Houston just controlled that game. I don't know how good UAB is or is not, and I think that everything is a game-to-game proposition, so I don't think momentum or anything has a whole lot to do with Illinois-Houston. It's going to be 40 minutes. It's going to be two teams that present unique matchup challenges to each one. Sorry for the hiccup there. Though ultimately, I think we would all agree, and Vegas does as well, that Houston is the favorite. And they probably should be, given how they played and how you played. And more to the point, how Illinois has played the last couple weeks. Even the Iowa game, they labored heavily to get that. And maybe you can labor yourself to another big win against Houston. I think you can. If you can beat Iowa the way they were playing when they came here, you can beat Houston tomorrow. So that's why I think there should be reasons for optimism, that if you give them your best shot, you very well could win that game and go to the Sweet 16. My head says that's not likely. But my head also tells me if the other cortex, whatever it might be, the left or the right, is saying, well, wait a second, this is March, and crazy things happen. And maybe for the first time in my life, Illinois will pull off a legit upset. Only a five-point spread right now in Vegas. I say only. That's quite a bit for a a four-versus-a-five matchup. So that's telling you what people think about Houston and what they think about Illinois. I think justly. But I would still have to go way back in my memory bank and have a hard time finding any NCAA tournament moment where Illinois entered a game as underdogs and won like that. One exception might be in 2004. And I happened to be at the game when they smoked Cincinnati. Cincinnati was a four seed. We were a five seed. The stat, of course, was that Illinois had never beaten a team with a higher seed than them. And they did that day by like 30 points. Darren Williams coming out party. Though, I don't know what the spread was in that game. And if you look at Ken Palm, Illinois was just a better team that year, according to the metrics. Houston is a better team than you are, according to the metrics. But that doesn't mean that this can't happen. My God, if St. Peter's can beat Kentucky, you can beat Houston. And that is a total red herring, apples, oranges argument. It has nothing to do with the game tomorrow, other than the fact that it is the NCAA tournament. So maybe we can get a little bit of luck on our own. Now I want to get into some of the more macro stuff here uh, but before I do just real quick the sponsors of course dpdo online at dpdo.com Get a calzone delivered to your doorstep. Any toppings that you want for a custom zone or maybe one of their favorites like the Maui Waui or the Buffer Zone, order online at dpdoe.com. 4 currently I am sporting my Big Ten Champs t-shirt. So much more fun to wear this after an NCAA tournament win. This looks great as expected from the guys at 4th and Kirby. So get yours today, your Big Ten Championship t-shirt, by far the best looking Big Ten Championship t-shirt I've seen for this Illini team at and State Farm agent Brian Hanson, online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters. You name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. And as the weather dries out a little bit over the next couple days and we feel that 60-degree sunshine on Sunday and Monday, it's about time to get started on your next home exterior project. Get a free estimate today from Rector Construction at R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners, of course, with the 200 level. Okay. Gonna take a quick sip of coffee here. Pardon me. Gonna do the... Ah! That's good. That's good. On a day like this, coffee is perfect. Needed it this morning. Decent night's sleep, but let's be honest. We were wired in a way that I have not been after an NCAA tournament game. For those that saw the reaction video, I put it up on the 200-level Twitter account, which is just at the 200-level. You can find it on Twitch as well. I collapsed in my chair. And there were a few people, I think Charlie on Twitter, he had actually found a still of me collapsing on my chair and said, this was me at that exact moment. Hans D, I think, said the same thing. So I'm not alone in not exactly being elated at the end of the game so much as just a crazy rush of relief that you got away with one, right? And that's what Illinois did yesterday. They got away with one against Chattanooga, and they got away with one against a Chattanooga team that was not playing at their best either. But let's start with some more good news, right? Your defense had a big part of that. Chattanooga, I'm not really sure what their game plan was offensively. Malachi Smith was merely fine. D'Souza showed flashes, Jean-Baptiste showed flashes, but they ended up with 53 points. And if I recall, when they had an 11-point lead, I think they scored 13 points the rest of the game. They were up 40-29 to with 17 minutes to go. And then you held them to 13 points for 17 minutes. This defense, when it is on for Illinois, will keep them in this Houston game. At a minimum, it should right? Houston, a clear step up. They were a top 10 team or a top 15 team offensively on Ken Palm. So they are better than Chattanooga. But if Chattanooga had a strength, it was their offense, which is 68th in the country. By comparison, Houston is 10th. Okay. So it is no doubt a bit of an uptick, but your defense can keep Houston in the sixties. The question is, can you score enough? And recently that's been a problem for Illinois. 53 points against Chattanooga, 63 points against Indiana. 60 points against Penn State, but before that, 93 against Michigan, and I'll throw the 74 against Iowa in there as well. But really, what has been winning you these games, even when you're playing ugly, it has been the defense. And you can go all the way back to the Michigan State game on Tuesday, January 25th, when Kofi and Andre Corbello weren't playing, and it was the defense that helped you sustain that lead and win by one point. So I think the defense will keep you in this game. If not, then it is an effort thing. And that was the most disappointing part of yesterday where, okay, were they feeling heavy or tight? I'm sure they were. But there were rebounds that Chattanooga was getting. And this is where Houston could absolutely murder you if you were not playing your ass off tomorrow. Hyper- <laughs> I say murder. That's a little bit hyperbolic. They they could really go to town on the boards against this Illinois team if they played like they did against Chattanooga. I don't expect that to be the case. Unfortunately, it is a possibility because we just saw it in front of our very own eyes on Friday evening. But the good news is the defense. I think that keeps you in this game. I, again, don't trust that Illinois is going to ultimately win it, but I would also be surprised if Illinois just gets smoked because of the strength of their defense. That means Curbelo needs to be playing more. He has been great defensively. Trent was fine yesterday defensively. Maybe not getting the steals that you're accustomed to with him. DeMonte, I guess, was fine. I mean, here's the thing. He's invisible out there, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. For worse, offensively, because he's a complete non-factor right now. But defensively, maybe Malachi Smith was a bit disrupted as much as DeMonte was on him. Defense will keep you afloat. Rebounding needs to improve. Now, the question, though, beyond this and the much more macro question is, what has this team done after disappointments? We can call the Chattanooga game what it is, a disappointment. Now, I couldn't really tell in the press conference today if they were sad or upset with themselves. And frankly, I don't think they need to be sad or upset with themselves. They seem to be turning the page, as you need to do. The question is, can you learn the things you need to and turn the page at the same time? Or are you going to turn the page so quickly that you've learned nothing? And that's been my fear with this team all season long. However, there have been some moments in the season where they have rebounded after some of their worst performances. And I'll give you two of them after the loss at Maryland on Friday, January 21st. And anyone that watched the Twitch stream saw just how pissed off I was during that game. You followed up on a Tuesday, so four days later, with Michigan State at home without your two best players. The win of the year, in my mind, 56-55 to over Michigan State. A total effort win. It was ugly, but you got it done and stayed in the Big Ten race. That right there is an example of this team bouncing back. Let's take a look at the Rutgers game. On the road, you lose by 11, though it felt like much more than that. It was a pathetic performance from this team. Three days later at Michigan State, 79-74, to 74, and frankly, the final score, the margin was more than that if you take out Walker's crazy barrage of points late. Illinois responded every time. They held on for the win. That was another impressive victory for them. And a Michigan State team that maybe the metrics don't love them, but we see right now after that Davidson game that they got talent. We know that. They looked pretty good last night. Another one, after the Ohio State loss. Then you go on the road three days later to Michigan, and you win 93-85. to So we have seen some good responses from this team. Now, the Chattanooga game after Indiana last week, not a great response. Though I am anxious to see if there is not a heavy mental impact on this team from tournament failures of years past. More specifically, Loyola. What scared me about that Loyola game was the fact that it was going to play out long after the buzzer sounded, that it was going to be in our psyche as a fan base and probably in the psyche of some of those guys on that team, and to get over that hump, what if, and hear me out for a second, what if the Chattanooga game was this team finally getting over the hump? I mean, it looked ugly. It was an abysmal basketball game for 39 minutes and change but they got the win. Maybe that's all it took is to get the win by any means necessary, and then maybe we'll see a loose team tomorrow. And I hope to God we do. I can come on a podcast and talk about the things about this team that drives me nuts. And if there was enough noise around these guys, then I could understand how I'm contributing to the noise along with every other fan that is adding undue pressure onto them. But if there's one message I would love them to get, and I hope that Underwood's harping on this, Play basketball. Just be loose. It's a game. Fly around out there. What the hell? I mean, you're all young guys. Younger than me by 12, 13, 14 years. You got the legs under you. Just go out, run around, play the game of basketball. There was a heaviness to their game yesterday. Offensively, for sure. I mean, it was just stagnant. It was rough to watch. Defensively, you did see those signs, even though Chattanooga helped you out with some silly turnovers themselves. It was... Kind of like Illinois was walking in cement shoes at some points. And I don't think that's because of a lack of athleticism or anything like that. It just felt like the weight of the world was on their shoulders. It's like you could almost see it on the TV screen. This invisible ghost that was on every single player's shoulder for the exception of, or with the exception, of Coleman Hawkins for most of the game. But most everybody else, it felt like that, right? Maybe Curbelo, he was nonplussed by it. He just did his thing for better or worse. But yeah, maybe the heaviness is gone. It should be. I know that the goal is to get to a Sweet 16 and get your chance against Arizona. But you just escaped a game. You had no business escaping. I would like to think it just makes you, and I think we even saw some guys kind of chuckling afterwards, right? Like, oh my God, I can't believe we got away with this. And I'd have to go back and watch the tail end of that game. I was too busy slouching in my chair and trying to catch my breath. But it would be totally warranted for this team after that game. To laugh a little bit at themselves and say, Jesus Christ, what what happened here? I don't think that's a bad thing. Acknowledge it. Move on and play loose. Please play loose. Have fun tomorrow. I mean, if what's the point of this if it's not fun? Did you have fun watching it? I didn't. I didn't. Like we said, we had a lot of poop analogies in our podcast. And sorry to get, you know, blue or go with scat humor here, but it's like. It felt often like we were taking a crap, but it was just a long two-hour-plus crap. Didn't even have the benefit of reading the newspaper. Instead, we have this really miserable basketball game, and that's what it was, and it's okay to acknowledge that and also, on the other hand, say, I'm ecstatic they won. We got a get-out-of-jail-free card, kind of like we did that Sunday beating Iowa, so take advantage of it. We see teams sometimes, they get that... Crazy first win in the tournament. And I'll go to UCLA last year. It took all they had to win a first four game against Michigan State. Sorry, Michigan State. And then they went on to the Final Four. Now, I'm not expecting this team to make that run. But what the hell? The NCAA tournament has been crazy for a long time. And Illinois, unfortunately, has not often been a part of those crazy narratives. Usually, we're kind of chalk. Chalk. Right. If we are the lower seed, we lose to a higher seed, usually in the first weekend. That is kind of Illinois MO. In fact, I saw the stat today. Thirteen second round games, Illinois is four and nine in the last however many in, in the last thirteen second round games. Four and nine. As we know, that's not good. That's about twenty eight percent. It's less than thirty percent. That's not good at all. I just hope these guys don't feel any pressure other than, okay, we got a game in front of us. We got to play well. Let's just go do it. Because what the hell? I think the reason I was getting so exacerbated yesterday is just seeing a team that, I I don't know about urgency, it just felt like, you know, and even Underwood, you know, I got to say this about him. In the first half when you had certain super seniors like Trenton DeMonte giving you nothing, why not hold them accountable and show, if this culture is about everyday guys, why not put RJ or Luke Goody in there for a little bit? And I'm not just throwing those names out there because they're the freshmen and everybody loves the backup quarterback. No, it ain't backup quarterback syndrome. We had options to put out there for a little bit of energy when it was sorely needed. Underwood didn't do it. Thank God they won because that would be a big topic of conversation today, rightfully so. But they did win. Now, I got one more thing here, and I don't know if I'm going to go much longer than that. I figure 20 minutes or so for this little quick hitter is fine. Just to give you guys something to listen to tonight, or if it's Sunday and you're getting ready for the Illinois game, a quick hitter, as we call them. And hopefully this is not the last one. I would love to do these for many more NCAA tournament games. There's something I want to pull up here in the true tw- not tweet thread, but text thread that me, Isaac, and Trevor have with one another. And this is a chart that was posted on shot quality. It's at shot underscore quality. Every team's shot quality performance in the first round of the NCAA tournament, the big takeaway, 19 teams took above-average shots on offense and held their opponents to below-average shots on defense. Illinois was one of those 19 teams. Those teams went 17-2. The two that lost were Kentucky, which I actually thought Kentucky played a halfway decent game. St. Peter's was just unconscious. And then, let's see here, UConn was another one. They lost to, who did they lose to? New Mexico State, I believe. So, what does that mean? If I'm looking at this chart, the only teams that, on the aggregate, had a better combined shot quality on offense and then keeping their opponents to a bad quality of shot, the only teams better than Illinois in the first weekend, Purdue, Texas Tech, Miami, Baylor, and Gonzaga is way over there on shot quality that they got on offense. Their defense not quite as good as Illinois' but you know what? When you score that much, there's a reason they're a number one seed. What that tells me, It ain't the coaching so much. We can talk about in-game decision-making, and I'm happy to have that discussion. We saw it in Loyola, in-game adjustments, the lack of urgency, and before you know it, the game's over and you lost. Well, you got to get out of jail free card in that regard, but I do think they're coming in with game plans that are giving them the ability to win these games. We saw the Indiana game, some stat like, well, you would have won that 9 out of 10 times or 7 out of 10 times with all the layups that you missed. The Rutgers game, after we lost to Rutgers by 11, there were... Certain shot quality charts that came out similar to this and said, you had a really good chance to win that game, but you just missed a bunch of bunnies. Point being, they are being put overall in a position to succeed. It really just comes down to execution. And this team can do it. They just haven't done it very consistently in the last month. But really, if we're talking about it the entire year, that lack of consistency has drove us crazy. So I got some good news long term. I do think we got a head coach that is fantastic at his job that will continue to put whatever pieces he has in the best positions to succeed. They got to go out there and do it. And that might sound like me taking the complete onus off of Underwood. I don't want it to sound like that. There is the mental component of having your team putting a fire under their ass. And for whatever reason, it took a long time yesterday to finally get that going. And it was almost too late. I don't get that. I don't get that. But I also have mentioned in the past... That I've seen this movie a few too many times before, and that as much as I like a lot of guys on this team, I also will be happy to see some fresh faces. Not because of the, you know, this group has had a lack of success, anything but that. This group has put Illinois back on the map, and for that, they will have a legacy here, which hopefully they continue to write tomorrow against Houston and beyond that. That would be my dream, right? However, just for the aesthetic value of watching my favorite basketball team, there will be something nice about Fresh Blood. And kind of moving on from some guys that you've seen for five years. Thank you so much for everything you've done, but I've seen this movie before. Underwood can never say that. He never would say that. He is always very complimentary of his guys. He never individually really calls out anyone. And if he does, he does it in this sort of like, oh, I'm, you know, the funny uncle kind of way. And even Kofi will sometimes get grief from Underwood. But you see, it's not like when Weber was throwing his guys under the bus back in 2012. No, it is different. He does need to get the guys ready mentally to play. They need to come out just guns blazing tomorrow. And even if they're not making shots, you will know. We will know from the first media timeout if they actually showed up or if this is going to be the third tournament game in a row where they come out flat. That can't happen. You can't fall down 12 to this Houston team. It's got to just be a good back-and-forth basketball game. This Illinois team is capable of doing that. They're capable of winning, but it's got to start from the tip. And we'll see if they do that. That's on Underwood, of course. But I do think overall he's putting these guys in a position to succeed. So if you want some good news, when there are new faces here and we're thinking, how are we going to replace the production of this guy, that guy, or that guy, I think overall, kind of like in the ISO mold, guys will come and go, but the program is in good hands. I do feel that way even after yesterday. The shot quality char- chart only tells you that you had good shots and they didn't. I mean, I'm looking here at Chattanooga. In terms of their shot quality on offense, there were maybe only 10 teams that had worse shot quality on offense than they did in the first round. You won because of that. Reasons to be optimistic, right? Reasons to think you got a chance tomorrow. Now, do I have any prediction? I don't. I mean, listen, these two teams played 10 times the way they're playing right now. I think Houston wins six out of those 10 times, maybe seven the way that these two teams are playing now. But it is the NCAA tournament, and I am a firm believer that in any given game, for 40 minutes, you can just be better for whatever reason. Or maybe the other team might just not be themselves. It is a weird mental thing with this tournament that is not just exclusive to Illinois. Houston is a program they made the Final Four last year, but they also have a lot of new pieces. If this game goes down to it, will those new pieces on their team be as ready to go as the roster was for Kelvin Sampson last year? I don't know. But they got to play the game too. I just hope Illinois does enough on their end to make it difficult for Houston because you are a step up from UAB. You saw UAB get with an 8 or 7. Houston just started off red hot. They were 7 for 9 from 3 at the start of that game. And that's hard to recover from. So defend the 3. Keep this game in front of you. Don't fall down by any sort of big margin. And if you do, then ho-hum. It's going to be kind of a repeat of last year on that Sunday morning when you lost to them. I'm no believer in curses or jinxes or oh God, we lost at the same time slot last year. Honestly, I'm just happy to have the game early because if you lose, it's a nice day where I can go do yard work and get things ready for the spring. Or if they win, I can spend the rest of the day celebrating as we all would be if this Illinois team makes the Sweet 16. Very worthy of celebration. I think they can. I have no gut feeling whether it's going to go well or going to go poorly. Even though we've seen plenty of examples of this team laying an egg, don't forget sometimes we've seen examples of them gutting out wins against pretty good teams. That's what has to happen tomorrow. It ain't going to be pretty either way. The way Houston plays, they slow it down. But if you got to muck it up and you got to really get into the trenches to use a poor cliche or whatever, please do it because this is it. And if you lose, well... (laughs) The offseason discussion begins, and frankly, I want to wait another week for that. I think we all do too, and I I hope for these players, even though I will be excited for some new faces, I hope for these guys, they do get more opportunities in the NCAA tournament. I hope a guy like Trent can rebound from the performances he's had offensively. You know he's better than that. I saw his eye yesterday. That was pretty nasty. So the pink eye thing might have been affecting his vision. I would understand that. Hopefully it's good for tomorrow, but you just got to get it done. You just got to get it done. You got to make shots, Trent. You have to. Please, please make shots in a game like this. Secure that legacy even more. I want to see these guys continue to build that. And winning a game like this, you know, I didn't even talk so much what it would mean to the fan base, to this program. It would mean a whole hell of a lot. I think we know that, so I don't even need to get into that too much. Even the thought of it, even the thought of them winning tomorrow. Just picture it for a second. I mean... It's pretty sweet. (laughs) Like That's the kind of thing that will propel you through an entire work week. And you'll just be on cloud nine, as you should be. So let's have some fun, please. It's a game. Go out there, run around, put the ball in the hoop, and just do it one or two more times than Houston does. And then we can win the game. Easy enough, right? It sounds so simple. All right, we will be back on Sunday. With Isaac, with Trevor, in the basement, a brunch edition of the 200 level. If the game starts at 11:10, you're probably looking at 12:15 for the second half. So we will be right where we were for uh, the game yesterday against Chattanooga. Same spots. Though I got to be honest, I don't know if I'm a believer in superstitions. I'm. If there's any reason to continue to wear your lucky shirt, I mean, do we really want to wear it after what just happened in Chattanooga? That To me, I don't actually want to wear the same thing that I did against Chattanooga because I don't want a repeat of that performance. You would lose by 20 points if you did that. No, I might actually still be in my, my running clothes and save the Kofi jersey for if we win and then I can wear it to school on Monday because I would happily do that. I, I would be over the moon. So yes, we were already getting into the conversations about what we wear. Listen, if you want to wear your lucky shirt, that's fine. I'm just saying, I, I don't know if it's actually a lucky shirt after Friday. And I'm just going to try to keep tomorrow casual. Because I remember last year, that Sunday against Loyola, and trying to get out of my own head about it, and be more nervous than I felt like I had any reason to be, which was probably foreshadowing what was to come. I, I'm not going to do that the best I can, at least. I'm just going to wake up breakfast, go for a run, pass the time, play the Simpsons arcade game before the game starts, whatever, and just kind of play my guitar as the first half is going on. Just things to not get too far into my own head because, man, I completely lied and I was called out rightfully so by Big Def on Twitter for it. I think, right? Big Def. Maybe a couple other people too. When I had said on the podcast earlier this week, well, listen, it's four thirteen matchup. I'm not going to get emotionally invested. BS. Of course I did. But let's be real. The the game like that, there was no way to not get emotionally invested with frustration. I mean, that was just bonkers. But I lied. It was a lie. I apologize for that. I try not to do that. I think I was trying to play mental gymnastics so I wouldn't get angry. But come on. That's a futile effort. And I might very well get angry tomorrow. But I'm going to do my damnedest to just sit back and relax and watch a game. And let's just win it. Let's just have one more point than Houston. That's it. Dpdough online at dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in champaign Urbana. Go online to dpdough.com for all the best deals and prices. Dpdough.com. Fourth and Kirby online at Forth and I'm wearing my new Big Ten Champs t-shirt. I'll try to get a picture of that on Twitter so you guys can see it. It is awesome, as is anything from fourth and We got Rector Construction online at R-E-C. T O R Construction.com for all your home exterior needs as we enter the spring. Contact the guys at Rector Construction, and they will help you get started on your next home exterior project. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Hope you enjoyed this quick hitter podcast before the Houston game. Let's get it done somehow, some way. It doesn't matter how ugly it is. And I would love, love, love to be talking about a Sweet 16 matchup with all of you. And I'd probably do two or three podcasts over the week. I mean, I would eat that up as we all would. So, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully we can enjoy tomorrow's game. It is the 200th level.